Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Title Side, Chicago Titles podcast for 2020, the infamous year that I think we would all like to forget at this point. I don't know, some of us might like to love it because, again, we've had a wonderful year this year. Yes, we have, David. And in big part two, our guest today. Yes. Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Real, Real Estate Team and his, is it safe to say top buyer's agent? Oh, yeah. Top buyer's agent, Miss Eleanor Hutton. Welcome. Hi. Welcome, Thank guys. Thank you. How are you, Brett? Doing fantastic. Blessed yeah. to be here. Looking Thank good. You. Looking sharp as usual. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I love how you dress the part, man. Every time I see you, you're just looking like a million bucks. I have my days. <laughs> I have my days. It's not all every day, but today for you. Yeah. So how long have you been in real estate now? Is it 14? No. This uh, this January, or sorry, June 8th will be 13 years. So 13. 12 and a half years. Had some success in those thirteen years. A lot of ups and a lot of downs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I always remember when I first met you. Uh, I worked then for a different title company as a sales rep, and I walked in, and I think the look that I got the very first time I just walked in the room told me all I needed to know, and it was, "I'm busy. I'm on the phone. How are you? Now leave." <laughs> yeah, I was in the zone. That is for sure. You, you were in the zone. I remember talking to you about that, and and you were like so goal-oriented about the number of people you could get on the phone at the same time, and you had the pads of paper and the phones working, I quickly learned, knock on the door, wave high, you knew I was there. We established a system after a couple of after a couple of times you came through the office where we got it down pat, where yep. I knew it was you, and whenever I had a break, we'd talk, and, and, yeah. but most of the time you'd be coming right by, right in the middle of a conversation. We just knew that we knew we had a system. Well, we worked around you it. Know, and most people that know me know how sports-oriented I am. I could tell you were in the zone, and you don't get in people's way when they're in the zone. Yeah. Get out of his way. He's making money. I was on a mission, for yeah. sure. So, Eleanor, how many, how many years for you now? Well, 2021 will be uh, four. And then before that, I did some real estate in Paris as well. So, oh, but four Paris, here. Texas? No. That was a joke, I know. Bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> no. Paris, France. And um, so that was before I came back over here for college. So total of five years. And the success you're having right now is uh, I, I've seen you grow, you know, from the beginning. But, you know, I look at Brett and every, it seems like the way he structures that team people that adopt the methods. And, and this, that's a very important thing to understand is you have to adopt the methods. If you're not willing to put in the time and work as hard as Brett works, mm-hmm. it's typically not going to work out, you know, but it's been amazing to watch. Just as long as you stick to the plan, we can make a lot of things happen. Yeah. Ken, now, Eleanor, being from France, have you been to France? I know you're a, you are a world traveler. I'm not much of a world traveler, but I have been to France. And, uh, and it's beautiful. And it's a, it's a wonderful place to visit. And uh, would love to visit there again at some time. But Let's just go together. <laughs> let's just go together. Uh, Eleanor, tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate to begin with. What drew you to real estate and how did you get into the business? Well, so when I lived in Paris, I met someone um, that I had dinner with. It was a friend of a friend. And at the end of a dinner, she goes, Eleanor, what are you doing right now? I want you to come work with me and sell some real estate. I was like, well, you know, I'm 19, yeah, 20. 
And I was like, that's a great idea. Let's go. Let's do it. And that's how it started. And then um, a few months later, I realized and decided that I wanted to go to school and go to college and come back to the United States. So I just backed up and went to OU and went to college for four years as a international student. And after that, did some, um, I worked for Starbucks. I was helping out stores that were struggling to make them profitable again. And I ended up not being very happy at the end. <laughs> of course, you know, it happens. And decided that real estate was my calling and I want to get, get back into it. So I talked to one of my friend, Caitlin, about it. And she's like, if you're going to do anything in real estate in Oklahoma City, you need to go talk to Brett Boone. I'm like, all right. So set up a meeting with Brett and it was supposed to be a quick, uh, a quick meeting to get to know each other. And we ended up talking for four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a fast start. <laughs> that's quick. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I, I, I get to frequent your office and the energies within are, are definitely positive. You know, I, I had the luxury of going around and seeing so many different cultures and, you know, the production that you guys do, the, uh, you know, the, the systems that you implement, Brett, tell me a little bit about where you found those, what got you into adopting those? So when I first got into real estate, I was still waiting tables at Sushi Nico. And whenever I got in, I started looking around and I didn't know anything about real estate whatsoever. And I went to uh, Keller Williams Family Reunion. My first year, uh, Mo Anderson actually sponsored me as kind of like the new rookie uh, up and coming kind of guy that was, she could see that I was doing what I needed to do, but I didn't have the production yet. And so she gave me uh, paid for this trip to go to a uh, family reunion. And I started seeing agents walk across the stage and collect these rewards. And they were selling hundreds and hundreds of homes and some even getting close and exceeding a thousand homes in a year. And I hadn't, at this point, I just knew I wanted to get in real estate so I wouldn't have to wait tables. I had no expectations of what was even possible. I, I didn't have a number in my mind. I didn't say I want to make 50K or 100K. I had no number. It was just, I just want out of waiting tables. And so when I saw there was this opportunity, that's when the light bulb went off and said, oh, we can, there's systems and models and there's actual people that can do this. So I just need to figure out what they're doing. And that's where my little light bulb went off. It was like, okay, so where do I find out what they're doing? Oh, they have courses and classes and you can Google a lot of this stuff and they have coaches that you can pay if you have money. And there's, you know, let's just start with the free stuff first. And so I just started going down that rabbit hole and and talking with all these different people and looking at just the resources that Keller Williams had. And uh, as I started digging and digging and digging, I started finding some similarities and some commonalities between all these other team teams and what they were doing to be successful. And it all kind of came back to one thing, which was lead generation, setting appointments, learning your buyer consultation, learning your uh, listing presentation. You know, it was a handful of like really basic things that they were getting good at. And then they started to scale those things out and started looking at leverage, like getting an assistant. So I knew like, hey, I have to get really busy. And once you get so busy, now it's like, now there's a time to hire an assistant. And then it just kept going. There was just there's actually like a playbook. And the playbook was the Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller. And that just walks you through like, okay, you're a single agent and you want to grow to the seventh level where you have a team and you're actually out of production. There's a blueprint and a path for that. And that's what all these other 
high-producing agents were doing. They were There was different paths to get there, but they were all following the same model. When I saw that, I just said, let's start studying that, looking at that, and studying it. And 12 and a half years later, we just never got off that path. So that's where I started, and that's kind of where I got my motivation from and, and all my information. It was very simple. I just needed to have an opportunity and see that it was possible, and then I just thought, oh, let's do that. I just thought of something that I don't know about you. Okay. Who recruited you? It would have been, uh, her name was Kristen Wasowski. I still am, I remember uh, the name. Yep, still good friends with her. And the way she recruited me was actually very weird. I was waiting tables, and my wife and I were, uh, girlfriend at the time, wife now, Faye, we were looking at actually buying an English bulldog, and we had no business doing this. We didn't have any money, and so we, we were talking about it. And that day, Kristen and uh, I think he was a breeder, they were actually sitting next to each other, and they had a table full of giant pictures of English bulldogs, like at the table, at lunch, at Sushi Nico. While my wife and I were thinking about getting, oh, I was I, I was thinking about getting into real so estate. So ironic. <laughs> and so I, I approached her, and because I wasn't waiting on her, right? she was it was another server. But I started this conversation up, and she said, "Well, if you're looking at buying a dog, you should. Here's my card." Well, her card was two sided. One was a English bulldog breeding breeder, and they and then the guy she was with actually like I think like did the shows. There was pictures of him like yeah. walking dogs on yeah. these like the turf and all that stuff. And so when I flipped the card over, she was in real estate. And it was Keller Williams. And then she told me about the office that was right up the street because I'm at the same office I've uh-huh. been at since day one. And it's like literally like a mile or two away from my office. They're like, you need to go over there. There's somebody named Jennifer Johnson. You need to talk with her. I called up there the next day and I found out that you have to be over the age of 18 and you can't be a convicted felon. And that's all the requirements <laughs> there are. So I'm in. Like, but that's all I needed. I qualify. I qualify. <laughs> and so that's that was how I got started. It was a by accident. And it was just that day I needed to hear I had people approach me wanting to do internet sales or uh, insurance sales, um, medical device sales. Um, all those types of individuals would come in. And I just, they were would try to recruit me because I was, I was pretty good at waiting tables and had the personality, but I just wasn't ready to hear the message. And so that day was the day I was like, I... I'm ready to receive whatever message is out there. And so that hit, that stuck. And that's where I went. And then I met with Jennifer and she said, well, that's all you have to do. I was like, you don't have to go to school. You don't have to, it's like 500 bucks or, you know, I can save up a little bit of money. And it was just, it was, if it was like difficult to get into real estate, I wouldn't have done it. It was just too easy. So I said, okay, I'll do that. That was it. What a story. What a story. Pretty straightforward. And, And it's shocking. I don't know that. I did not know that about you. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm fascinated by your story, uh, Brett. Uh, tell us a little bit more about how you decided to scale these things, how, how, you, how you built on how the process went for you and your organization. Sure. So, I mean, it just, it's just a, it's a process. I never really had an end goal. I just knew that I wanted more. And I, what I mean by more is like I was capable of more. And so I, I always have to have like a piece of cheese in front of me. I have to have something that I'm chasing, something that I'm going after. And that's all the system was. There was only so much in time in a day that I could work with buyers and sellers. And then it started getting to this point where I was re- reaching a ceiling of achievement. And so it was just out of necessity. And the necessity was I needed help. And so that first hire uh, looking for an assistant was where that process started. And so I, when by doing that, you learn how to write ads, where to actually, how to interview people, how, what you're looking for. And so that starts down this big, long rabbit hole of hiring and training, and then you have to improve on those things. And so the scale just naturally started to roll itself out. Uh, Then it was, I needed some help with buyers. They were taking up a lot of my time and I could focus my time on lead generation and working with sellers. 
And so we started layering in buyer's agents. And as we continue to scale, that's whenever your your systems reveal issues and problems. And that's where you have to be proactive about fixing these things because you have this idea on paper. It says, oh, I need this person. You hire that person. And then you have certain expectations, but you didn't train them and things fall apart. So you have to go back and fix it. And so it's just this never ending, just problem solving uh, growing. And that's one thing that I've just never stopped is I've had many different people coming in and out of our organization and uh, some great things have happened, some bad things have happened, but I've always, I've just never given up and I've always learned from those systems and grow and grow and grow. And so you just look to leverage your time a little bit more and you add, you know, once you have one buyer's agent that's helping you out, then you scale that up. You increase the amount of leads that you have. You increase your coaching and your training, your accountability. You start adding more people in and you start to build that process and build and build and build and start to scale. Then you start teaching them how to work with listings. And then you start improving the marketing, the advertising, the communication, the back end. And so it's, it's a growing organism and it's growing in all directions. And you just got to, throughout the years, it's taken me 12 and a half years to get to this point and a lot of setbacks, a lot of ups and downs, but it's refining systems and processes. Um, and again, there's the end, there's not really an end goal. It's just do as much as you can. I'm not, there's not some place when I get here, then I'm done. I had this kind of internal goal that was told me when you get 50% market share, uh, then you can quit. And, you know, that's Ken, it. Ken would never let me do that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said something that I think is most important of maybe all that you said was you learn from your mistakes. You have to. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you mentioned the 50 number. And I know in May of 2020, Chicago title in Oklahoma County with the resale sector, uh, we hit 41%, which was a major goal of ours. Uh, it had been a three-year goal that, that we wanted to get there. And. You know, I, 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 as I look back, you know, and we've, we've had many meetings about managing that level of production and, and the pitfalls that come along with that. And, you know, the one thing that I can say the most is learn from your mistakes, understand that it's doable, but also understand the humility of, you know, you can never stop listening to the client. You know, when, when as, you know, I, I feel like we're such a good company, we've got the best people in this market. But I think it's it's important for us to take to take that uh, stance that we've not arrived. You know that number is just a goal, and it's just a goal for the next goal. And uh, we'll never get better if we if we stop listening to the client. Sure. Yeah. It's a ne- this I call it the never ending ladder. It's just yeah. you just you get above you know the clouds, and then it just keeps on going. It just it never ends. And uh, there's people who adopt that mindset and they're, that's the way they are yeah, forever. And that's, there's just no end. And, and, um, that's, that mindset's what's going to take you places. Yeah. That's what'll get you far. Eleanor, I'm curious with you and, and your, you know, last four years, is there a book? Is there a mentor? Is there something that you can look back on and attribute to a, a because your production is through the roof. And I mean, you, you're a hard worker. I mean, I know you very well, you're very driven, but is there something from, your recent past five to 10 years that you can point to, to say, this really helped me? Well, there are two things. Number one, I think that, you know, you should always align yourself with the right people. And um, the big step and decision that I made to um, join Brett's team was definitely the best first step towards um, what we're achieving together. 
Um, Brett always, we push each other, we help each other, we listen to each other, we grow together. And so that's definitely the one big piece for me. Um, and then as far as a book, The Compound Effect, mm -hmm. I read that one at least once a year, maybe twice, just because you will always get something Darren out of Hardy? it. Darren mm Hardy? -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a great book. It's a good one. I was wondering, Brett, along the same line, I'm sure that there have been a lot of things that have influenced you in your growth, but uh, along your journey, what what things would you point out, books or other influences that have uh, that have had a big influence on your success? It's kind of a let me figure out how I want to answer that. I would say the who you surround yourself is going to be probably one of the most important things. I found that when I started getting intentional about the people I surround myself with is when I started really taking off and taking this real estate thing very, very seriously. And so I found myself not spending very much time around people who were going to help me get where I wanted to go. And so uh, coaching was a huge part of that. I think accountability is enormous, that you have to have accountability no matter what level you're on. And I've had some form of a coach for almost 12 years now. I mean, almost from day one, I, I first year I ended up getting some sort of coaching. Even, you know, my first coach was like $200 a month. It was literally like just, you know, $50 a conversation just to keep me on track and I needed it. So having accountability is by far the, the, the biggest piece. It, it keeps me on track because if, when we're left to our own devices, we will make excuses and reasons why we did something or didn't do something or accomplished it or didn't. And it's good to have that accountability. And then I always like to spend time and with people that are in places that you want to be. So I try to spend time with people who are more successful than myself. And I remember there was a story that uh, I heard about, uh, what's his name? Uh, the coach, uh, I just, uh, Robbins, uh, Tony Robbins. Yeah, and he was at a – he had this story that he told, and he was at a, uh, a seminar, and he was around a bunch of other people who were um, making you know hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And he was like, well, how do I become a billionaire? And he had a, he had a coach, and he asked him who he's spending his time with, and he started looking around, and he said, well, the problem is you're spending all this time with people who are making just as much money as you make. If you want to make – you want to make a billion dollars, come look at my circle. I'm the brokest person in my circle. I'm still a billionaire. And so he's he really came to the conclusion that you need to really look at who you're spending your time with because there's a lot of influence that you can – that will be poured onto you and you won't even know it's there. It's a lot of subconscious stuff. You're going to want to – you're either going to gravitate towards those people uh, and you're going to be the average of the five closest people. So like you're either going to work yourself into that crowd or they're, you're going to work yourself out. They won't have someone who will just go in there – and they just hang out. You're either going to assimilate and and restructure your life where you're going to be in line with their values and their work ethic, or you're just going to work yourself out. You won't get kicked out. You just you just won't feel in place, and it'll be out of place, and it just you won't gravitate towards their way of thinking, their discipline. And that's what I found was the biggest was just being around people who had more discipline, more income. They were in a place that I wanted to be with their business, with their with their mindset, and the way they their outlook on life. And, you know, people who had a higher quality of life than me, when I'm around those people, you see that they do things differently. That's what's been the biggest rub off on me. And that's with everything, not just the quality of life, but um, industry leaders in the, in the real estate world is finding other people who do it better 
sitting down with them, understanding what they do, how they look at things. Uh, real estate's not super difficult uh, when you re- just put it on paper, you know, but how do, how do you scale it? How do you grow it? How do you create this business and this world that you want? You've got to look at what other people have done and be able to uh, play off what they've done already. So that's been a huge piece. It's, it's the influence of the people that I'm around. It's interesting. Yeah. Eleanor, I've got a question. <clears throat> if you could eliminate one thing from your work life and, and keep your production, what would it be? Mm. That's a good question. Well, we're actually working on it. <laughs> I was going to say we're working on it right <laughs> we're now. We're working on it. You know, leverage is a really, really big piece whenever you get to that level. And every time you want to do more, you need to leverage more. And so um, Brett and I have been talking on how do we do that for 2021. Um, so we'll be hiring and we're in the process of hiring a showing partner that will help uh, with all of my buyers to help me through those showings because yeah. that's that takes a lot of time. Um, I love it, but that's the one piece that uh, will help me get my production a little bit higher. I know when Ken and I did our very first kickoff podcast, it was just us two, and I asked Ken that question, and his answer was emails. If I could eliminate the hundreds of emails I get a day and... I could agree with that. Well, and, <laughs> and you know, I, I, as you guys are taking steps, so are we. We've got a in-here app that, Eleanor, I know you're helping us out on the design side and implementation side that will go out to all the realtors here in the metro area soon with, a, as it's called, a pizza delivery app. It's going to let you know exactly where you are within our transaction. And uh, super thankful for your help on that. Thanks I for choosing me. This week that our uh, earnest money piece starts this week, I believe. So we've got some good things coming on the Chicago title side also. It's definitely exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for your help on that. You bet. Let me kind of circle back around. And you've given us, Brett, so much good information about your path. But if you had a chance to go back and somehow go back and travel in time and talk to yourself... When you first got into the industry, give yourself one piece of advice. Uh, what would you give to the to the younger Brett Boone who's just starting out in real estate? What would you tell yourself? I tell him there's a lot of different things. But if I had to pick just a couple, it would be I would have. And going back, the, the landscape was a little bit different. the The real estate world was. Even if it was just 12 years ago, I mean, we we used to use paper, and now mm-hmm. there's no paper. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the world I grew up. I had a pager growing up, so a lot of people just doesn't. <laughs> you just can't. aged yourself, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I used to I had to go to a payphone and put a quarter in it to call, you know, my friend back who paged me with their little secret code, and it was, yeah, that's what we did. So it, the, the world's changed. So with, with the way the, world, the real estate world is right now, there's a lot more education. There are a lot more teams that are out there. There's a lot more... Um, groups that are getting put together. And so I wish I would have either had a mentor right out of the gate or I would have joined a team that had everything put in place where I could really have someone that you're tied very closely to. I figured everything out literally through digging through the archives of what 
you know, training materials are out there and I just had to learn it on my own. And, you know, whenever you have a lot of drive, it works, but there's a lot of people, it's just, they need to have someone actually show them how to do it, walk them through the entire process. And I just never had that. And I think that I would have been able to grow a lot faster doing that. Also, when I started training and hiring a team, I wish I would have stopped and learned a lot of stuff before I got rolling again with, say, the hiring process, uh, creating a training program. These are things that I had to create way after making many, many mistakes. I never thought I was going to get in real estate. You hire someone and they're going to go sell real estate. Well, you got to train them. Well, how do you train them? If you've never trained anybody in your life, you're not a trainer. So you have to train them, create a training program and a training manual and uh, code of ethics and how you run your business and what standards you have. And so those are all these little tiny pieces that they kind of float to the surface as they reveal themselves to the world that you don't see them coming at all. And so I wish I would have taken a little bit more time, had a mentor and had someone who I could ask all those questions about. But I look back on it and it shaped me and it's made me who I am. And so like, I never really look back and regret anything. I'm, I'm very happy and blessed that the the path that we've taken and where we're at. But if I went back, I definitely want a lot more coaching and mentorship with someone that I wish I could have attached myself to a lot closer. Um, and I was just, I don't know if I was afraid to ask or I just didn't know where to ask. Um, but I wish I would have done that sooner. That's definitely mm. something I, would have, I wish I would have done. And quit drinking a lot earlier. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that would have helped uh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, you did it and it's, it's played out well. Sure. I've got somewhat of the same question for Eleanor, except on the opposite side. Where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Oh, wow. That's a big question. There are so many paths to where we could be in five to 10 years. And whenever I say we, I say that as um, a team with Brett, because I'm not planning on going anywhere. And yes, go ahead and clap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um I just want to grow this thing as big as we can grow it. And um, there's no say. We may be here. We may be in other cities, other states. Uh, we had talked about that. Those are the options are endless. And mm -hmm. so we're still working on um, doing some really big, big things here for our team in Oklahoma City. And right now that's the focus because typically we focus on really bigger things that are five, 10 years away, but sometimes you need to slow down and also look what, look at what's in front of you too. Sure. How many people are on the team now, the, the entire team, both production and back-end people? 14. 14. Wow. That's, uh, that sounds like you've really come a long way, and, that, uh, and at the same time, it's exciting to see that, uh, that you've got plans to come ahead. Um, what uh, if you look back on the past year, year and a half? What would you say were your best decisions? The best decision you made in the last year and a half to two years? It has. Let me let me try to think about this. It's really going to be the when I started, and it, it, it would, this would have been probably around the time if I go back even a little bit further when Eleanor joined the team is probably when that really started was where I was very, very clear in my head of what direction I wanted to go. And so uh, a lot of people don't know this on the podcast, but I've, I've only been sober about five and a half years. And that's where my business actually, like I actually started, you know, in the 12 and a half years I've been doing business, I didn't really start doing business and get my head clear and know what I want out of real estate until I, I got sober. And so from that 
moving forward, I had a year of just figuring myself out and what, what direction I wanted to go. And once I got that down, it started, it, I've always been told this, but it never made sense to me until it started to click of like the people that you bring into your organization are the people that, that make the biggest difference. And so I really didn't get that for a long time. And now I'm, I'm really looking back at those decisions and taking care of those relationships. And it's about the people that you work with and that work with you that make all the difference. If you're going to scale and multiply, you, it's, I was moving too quickly and I was looking at what's in front of me. Uh, just get a deal done, move to the next one, move, move forward. And I wasn't slowing down and helping develop people and paying attention to the people and really help develop them. And Eleanor was, you know, the first one who really joined our team that has come this far and has stuck with me this long. And it really came because she had the drive. She was the right fit that matched my personality where I could just dump all my information into it, into her. And she would just literally run off with it and just go nuts with it. I never had anybody like that before. And so whenever I saw that that was working, that's when like my light went off and I was like, okay, we just need to find more of this. And you find out there's not any more of it. There's only one Eleanor, okay? <laughs> so I can try to find clones of her as much as we can, but it was, that's what I, that's when it clicked. That's whenever it was, so it was developing and putting all your effort and energy into people. And then now if you see our team, like that's my, that's what gets my, my rocks off. It's like, I want to sit down with my people every day and I'll just turn bright red with enthusiasm. And I'll just, I mean, I'll, the time won't even, the time will just disappear. And I just get into the zone and I'm just unloading information. And these people are not only absorbing it, they're putting it into play. That's why I do real estate now. And it shifted before it was like, I want to get out of waiting tables. And now it's like, that's not even a, a thing. Now it's what brings you happiness and joy and what do you actually enjoy with your life? And it's, it's pouring this information to other people and then seeing them change their life. I mean, I remember when Eleanor started, and that's one of the things I'm so happy and proud of her is that she started off, you know, you're waiting, you were at Starbucks. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, she went out and bought cut this awesome custom built giant house. That's just incredible. And I was just so happy and proud that she came from this one place and went to the other. And I knew her, she had no real estate experience and that this is where she got all of her information. She actually put it to use. And that's when all these lights started going off. It's like, okay, we have something here. We know it works. It's the right people in the right spots at the right time. That's what matters. That's probably my biggest, best decision that I've made was once I got sober is, is just finding the right people. And since then, our retention has just been phenomenal. And when people are a good fit, they fit and they stick. And they have to be willing to work and put in the effort because I'm going to give them everything I've got. And if they give me everything they've got, then you get the results. And so best decision, putting the time, energy, and effort into your people and following through with them and don't give up on them. And also making sure that there's a clear path. You know, people like Eleanor, they have to have something beyond just selling real estate. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that we're looking at in the future of her role in real estate in the, on this team, other than just selling real estate. And it starts with getting her some leverage and then building a team around her. And then there's other opportunities that continue to grow. So when you find top talent, making sure that they, you have a path where they can continue to grow and grow and grow because if th that's what they demand is growth. They're just like us. So you've got to be able to have a platform and a place where they can grow and there's no ceiling where they will just, you know, they'll cap out. They got to keep moving forward too. That's what you want. Yep. That's exactly what you want. Um, if you had to describe Eleanor with one word, what would it be? Oh gosh. I know my word, my word that I thought of was fearless. 
fearless. It's, it's, it's when I when I've engaged with her and, and been around her, she just nothing seems to intimidate her. Yeah, no, nothing does, and it's just it's a it's a combination of when you have a goal and you have a purpose and you have something in front of you. I mean, she wakes up and you have something that you're working for every day. You don't just wake up and and so I like the word driven, um, mm-hmm. purposeful, intentional. All of those would be words that would describe um, Eleanor. I mean, she, 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 you don't just come to work and, you know, what, I'm just going to try to get through the day. I mean, there's there's a purpose behind everything that she does, and there's a reason why it's happening. And, I mean, every deal she counts and every everything that's being put on the board, I mean, it's, it's part of a process. You know, you're enthusiastic and, and energetic about your job and your passion, and so all of those would work. I don't know if I could put one word, but I would say just driven, driven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I do think it's somebody's birthday today, too. Yeah, I, yeah happy birthday. Happy birthday, Miss Eleanor. Happy birthday, yeah. Eleanor. Was it? Was 21. It 21. 21 yeah. it is. 21 it <laughs> Forever. is. Forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eleanor, before we go on, what word would you use to describe yourself? Wow. Um, driven was a good one. Passionate. Yeah. Excellent. That's, that's, that would certainly work, uh, I think, for mo- most anyone who knows you. <laughs> Thank you. I know we're super grateful for both of you. you you've done so much for this company, our, our friendship. You know, Brad, our friendship goes way back. And I just know how grateful I am for, you know, the friendships that I've developed through this role. And it's interesting, our relationship is, as we've come and gone out in and out of each other's lives and You've just become such a, a resourceful person that I refer to. You know, I've got uh, some close people that I would even, you know, send your direction. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like family, people like family. You know, one of the things that uh, one of the themes that you've touched on several times that I'd kind of like to circle back to is your use of accountability, mm. uh, and, and that seems to be uh, an important part of what you're about. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah. So the accountability for me is it's a place that uh, it can come in many different forms. Uh, I mean, you can be accountable to your kids, to your spouses, to your coach. Um, But for me, accountability is a first before you need the accountability. You have to – this is just my view on it – is you have to be able to establish – what kind of a person you want to be first. And then you have to set your standards, how you're going to conduct yourself. And then someone needs to hold you accountable to those standards. And so I find that you find out who you want to be, how you want to go out there and and, and behave and act in the world, what you want to achieve and set these goals up and have someone hold you accountable. We, we find ourselves drifting. It's very common for people to go to a seminar or a feel-good, rah-rah kind of a thing, and you're in just pumped full of energy, and you come back, and you're ready to roll, and it lasts a couple of days, might last a week, sometimes two weeks, and then you find yourself kind of like a rubber band going back to your original form, and you're maybe you got a little bit out of it, but most of the time, some, most of that stuff doesn't stick. And that's where coaching and accountability come in. They make sure it sticks. If you have a real good coach uh, or just a, an accountability partner, it doesn't have to be a coach. It can just be someone that holds you to higher standards. 
And that's where I find great use is that when we have a coach, I'm on track. It forces me to be on track. I can't, when you pay someone to show up, there's a personal investment that you have and you're less likely to slip up when you're paying someone to hold you accountable. That's what I found. You've got some skin in the game. And I've found that that is just tremendous for myself and making sure that I'm moving forward. Whenever you have these accountability, you have to also understand you're actually obtaining goals. You're actually hitting these benchmarks, and that in itself is addictive uh, by nature because you're achieving and you're overcoming. And once you see that this works, now you can start raising this level of accountability. So it does, doesn't have to be the same. You're okay, I've checked off on that. I can make my calls every day. So now what do I want to be held accountable to for? And you just keep raising it until the stuff that you were originally being held accountable before is now in your subconscious. It just happens unconsciously. And so you're always developing yourself and moving forward. But that accountability piece, without that, it's hard to know where you're at and where you want to go. You have to be able to measure everything. And so accountability and coaching really helps me with that. Know where I'm at, know where I'm going, the path, the structure. You can see not the end of the tunnel, but you can see that there is a tunnel and that it has a direction and you're not just wandering around a dark room with the lights off, hoping that you're going in the right direction. There's a flashlight, so to speak. This is, this is the hallway. This is the path you need to take that'll help you get there. Um, and the accountability will help shorten the time frame between where you're at and where you want to go. And they help create the discipline around that so you know where you're at and where you want to go and you're just going to get there faster. It's kind of like reading a book. You just read a book because you're basically stealing all the secrets from someone else who did the hard work for you. So I like to get from A to B as quickly as possible. Accountability, coaching, reading, all of those things, that's what's going to help you get from point A to point B. And that accountability is just what holds all, it's the glue that holds all that together. Thank you. Absolutely. It's impressive, man, where you've come from to where you are today. Long journey. I'm so proud of you, man. Well, I appreciate I am it. so proud of you. You know, we, we like to wrap it up with, uh, and we'd like to ask this of both of you, what is it you look for in a title company? Well, at the end of the day, it's about the people. And for me, as long as you guys are taking care of my clients and communicating, that's all I need. I would say for me, it's um, we've we've in the twelve years we've kind of been around, and David, we followed you a lot as well from the places that you kind of come and gone from. And what we've found is it's people who have like-minded values mm -hmm. where we want our people to be taken care of. And anytime we refer people out, we're, it's a representation of us and who we are. And when you're a real estate agent, we didn't. I didn't realize this. You're the center of the universe for a lot of different organizations and a lot of different people where the business derives from us. Uh, home inspection, termite inspection, title company, you know, appraisals, lenders, uh, all the people who go and fix these houses and the tile workers and the, the roofers and the concrete mm -hmm. people. I mean, it's, there's so many people, but it starts with the consumer who wants to buy or sell these products. Well, it, or the, those, those, relationships originate from a real estate agent 99% of the time. And so whenever we're in this position, we have to refer all these different people out to different uh, companies and different trades. And what you're looking for is an extension of yourself, because I was taught this a long time ago, and it's kind of a funny thing to say, but a referral is the most selfish thing that you can do. 
And the way it was explained to me is whenever you actually refer someone out, you would never refer someone out unless it made you look good, okay? And if we really, really look at it closely, there's some truth to that. Uh-huh. And because none of us would ever refer someone else out if we know they're not going to do a good job or if they're kind of iffy. And so whenever I saw that and they said, well, referral's selfish, I'm like, well, I'm trying to help someone else out. How is that about me? And whenever I looked at it, I was like, oh, well, there's some truth to that. And so when I really started seeing that, that's whenever my eyes kind of woke up because you'll make some referrals that won't do very well, and then it comes back to bite you, and then those people won't use you anymore because they say, oh, this is the standards that they represent. So what I'm looking for in a title company and is are people who represent the same standards that we can refer them to, that they're going to take as good as care of them as we would. And that's been kind of the challenge with us in the past with different vendors, you know, uh, handymans, for, so to speak. They're the hardest, the most difficult. You can't even get them to show up on time. You want to give them money, but they don't want to take it. And so it's very, yeah, it's, it's a frustrating thing. And so that's what we're looking for. And that's what we found with Chicago Title is that you guys take care of us like we take care of our clients. And so that's the single most important thing that we're, what we're looking for is we're looking for that above and beyond that whenever the service isn't done, whenever it hits five o'clock and you're ready to clock out for the day and you're just, you're ready to run out to a happy hour. And I, I tell people in our organization, the same thing is every day at five o'clock, our people have the ability and you know, they, they leave work and they don't have to come back in the morning. Okay. They choose to come back in the morning. And when that clock hits five, if there's still work that needs to be done, that's something that we can always count on with Chicago Title is that they always go above and beyond for us to take care of our customers and our clients, even whenever they're not on the clock, so to speak. Uh, they'll show up early. They'll stay late. They'll do these things that, that literally are an extension of what we would do for our own clients. And that's what makes the biggest difference for us is that you guys treat our clients like we treat our clients, and we wouldn't have it any other way. And that's just our standard, and you guys have met and exceeded that standard. And so that's why we do business with you guys and follow guys like David around, and I've met you and, you know, established the relationship. And uh, I tell you this, if somebody else did a better job, we'd go there. But we don't because that's what you guys do for us. And so we're always looking for people who represent those standards, and we'd love to be in business with you guys. It's funny. I was at your office, not not your specific office, but at your Keller Williams office this morning talking to a group of about 20 new agents. And I said kind of the same thing in a different way. I, I have always looked at real estate as its own ecosystem. And if you look at any ecosystem, there's always an apex alpha predator, right? And and I think in, in the world of, uh, you know, real estate, that real estate agent is the one that feeds so many other of, of the entities, you know, and I, I really talked to these new agents today about thinking that way, thinking about the position they're in, thinking about how they should look at the vendors as an entity that should be vested in their success, you know, doing things that you guys actually feel helps their business. And what that does for the vendor, it gives an honest approach to ask for your business, you know, as opposed to just expecting it. And then, you know, halfway doing the work to, to get your, it's just not how it works at a high level. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you said that because I was just, just discussing that this morning from our perspective and uh, it really hits home. So sure. guys, I just want to say thank you for your time. And, you know, we're wrapping up and you know, you're, you're dear friends. And I'm so glad you're on the podcast, you know, got to do it on Eleanor's birthday. 
Thank uh, you for that. Happy birthday again. <laughs> so guys, have a great day today. And please remember, it always does make a difference where you close. Don't, 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 don't.